second down at 10. High snap handled. Chandler. Whoa! Hello. Rashawn Evans, our highlighted guy in the Alabama defense. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. Really excited for this episode. Another great guest. We're going to talk about one of the better prospects in the NFL draft this upcoming year that we have not talked about yet, and Rashawn Evans uh, of Alabama, the the linebacker. We're going to bring in Tom Kisslingbury. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Degenerate. He is an NFL degenerate, which you know makes us friends right off the bat. He's huge into IDPs. When the DraftKings Showdown series came down, came out. He was the guy whose DMs I was in constantly to try to figure out the best IDP plays. And he's a senior writer over there at DLF. Tom, how are we doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm having a great day. It's the end of my day over here in beautiful London. Um, and what's better to finish off a, a day at work with uh, chatting about the draft with you. So um, love this uh, draft series. Can't wait to uh, be involved. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work, as you know. And I, I Really appreciate you coming on. It, it's always great to, to talk to someone, you know, face-to-face, so to speak, or on the phone when, when you've engaged in a lot of conversations beforehand. Throws me off a little bit of the London accent. I don't know why you're from London, but you know what? It's it's awesome, and I'm enjoying it. So let's let's get right into Rashawn Evans, a quick background of what he what he is as an athlete and some of his production and his story. So he was a five-star high school recruit, huge deal in high school, coming in at six, basically 6'2", 232, 32.5-inch arms, 10-inch hands, 30-inch uh, vertical jump, 116-inch broad jump, a really good three-cone time of 6.95 uh, seconds. On uh, this past year, he's coming off a year where he had 74 tackles, 13 tackles for loss, six sacks. year before, he had 52 tackles. Four and a half tackles for loss and four sacks. He did not run the forty at the pro at his pro day or the combine, which disappointed some people. Not the end of the world to me. I think he moves very well. But just in terms of his background, in terms of production and play style. So Tom, when you watch his game, what are some of the things you that make you a fan of him? I, I love the modernness of uh, Rashawn Evans. I, I think he's a really exciting linebacker because he's he's violent physically. He can still do the old fashioned things. He can put his head in the gap. He can he can throw someone to the ground. He's nasty on the line of scrimmage. He, he certainly goes toe-to-toe with guards, but he's mobile as well. He's got the athleticism that you need in a league that is increasingly dominated by the passing game. He can cover the whole field. He can move around. He's got that Alabama athleticism to him. So you mentioned the fact he didn't run a 40. Yeah, it's really annoying, and I'm kind of confused why he didn't do it, because he looks fast on tape. He looks like he, he would have actually uh, lit the combine up. And you mentioned the 6953 cone as well, so super impressive. So that combination of a nasty, violent, uh, physical player, but with incredible uh, mobility, I think is really exciting in a modern linebacker. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking about guys that the the way they can line up against receivers is incredibly important in today's NFL. And, you know, while he might not necessarily have done it as much, he does profile as a guy that can really do it. And the limited reps you do see, he can turn and run with guys. And 
I'm with you. I was shocked he didn't run the 40 because he looks like he would have put up a great time and really helped his draft stock. So it makes you question it a little bit. I know some there were reports some NFL teams were a little ticked off. Ultimately, I don't think it matters that much it, it, between his change of direction skills and his closing speed on tape. I'm very comfortable with that. You know, he you you mentioned him as a tackler. You know, he he wraps up. He's got some good hit power. He can really drive through defenders. He he will miss his target point sometimes when he has to break down in space. Um, you know, like most Alabama linebackers, he's very gap disciplined. Uh, he, he's going to be in the right place. He's going to fill gaps. He's not going to kind of get out of position very often. You know, one of the questions you always get with Alabama players is kind of, are they tapped out? You know, or is this kind of the product you're going to get? I don't think that's the case with Evans. I think there's a lot of things he can still develop on. But No, I, I was just going to say, um, I totally agree with you. I, and it's overused at this time of year to say he's raw. But actually, you look at him and think, uh, in terms of understanding of the game, there's so much more he can learn. So certainly in coverage, um, he's a talented athlete, but he's not necessarily a talented cover uh, player at the moment. I think in the hands of a really good defensive coordinator, you're going to see him turn into a much better player. And I don't necessarily think that with a lot of other players. So we were just talking off air about Ruben Foster. Ruben Foster came into the league and went, you're kind of that player. Came out of Alabama as well. Pretty pro-ready, not that much to do. Uh, Rashawn Evans, I think, is very much the opposite. He's one of the, one of the most unfinished linebackers we've seen come out of that school in a little while and that gets me really excited about him yeah I, I think he's definitely a guy you draft for his potential not just necessarily what his production was but one other thing that i, I wanted to mention is that you know and th- this is a good both good and bad thing but he lined up a lot on the edge as well on third downs and passing situations to rush the passer now that this might be so yeah, I don't think he's going to do that all that much in the NFL. I think basically he's going to be a better blitzer than he is pass rusher. But he does have some pass rush moves. He's got re- really good closing speed. He can fill gaps really well in terms of blitzing. Uh, when he rushed on the edge, I felt like his go-to move was a spin move, uh, which yeah. you know his change of direction ability again w- was able to get him to the quarterback. I don't know how often that's going to work in the NFL, but again, I don't think he's going to be asked to go on the edge nearly as much. But it's it's nice that he can be able to do that. But we're, we're again, we're talking about a guy that's probably going to need to learn some in pass coverage. When you, yeah, I agree. His spin move he can do both ways as well. So he'll do it inside and he'll do it outside, and that's nice. Really, in terms of power moves, uh, he hasn't got a lot. Uh, he kind of really was relying. I felt a lot on his upper body strength. Um, he's just kind of going, getting into contact with offensive linemen and trying to push them down. And you know, good luck when you're at Alabama. You can do that at college level. But you're totally right in the pros. That is a that is a very very different thing to do. We saw him do really well as a blitzer. I mean, in terms of um, picking up uh, pressure, he had 10 quarterback hits, 14 hurries, six or seven sacks last year. So really impressive numbers, but um, not necessarily something you're going to see considering how many unblocked uh, pressure there was. There was a lot of that coming up the A-gap and just being overwhelmed by the Alabama front. Uh, I think he, he picked up quite a lot of pressure that way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I agree with that. You know, he, Whatever defense he goes to, assuming it's not the Rams or Eagles, he may very well end up go to the Eagles, by the way. We'll talk about that more later. But he's probably not going to play with as good of a defensive unit in general in terms of being able to hide any weaknesses. But, you know, all athletes and all players do have weaknesses in their game. What are some of the concerns you have with him? Um, really, it, his production is the number one one for me. So we mentioned some of his tackling numbers earlier, but part of it is to do with being on a really good college team. But he never put up big numbers. And that worries me because it makes me think that maybe he's not going to be that inside, do-it-all middle linebacker that we kind of want him to be. He looks like he's got the athleticism to be able to do that. I think he could have that in locker, but it might not be his natural uh, fit. He might be more of that kind of combination Sam-edge stroke guy. And um, We'll talk about comparisons a little bit, but when you look at New England um, 
defense at the moment where they play Dante Hightower on one side and it's very much, you know, there's a lot of bare fronts in that. And you, you're really playing combination linebacker edge. Um, I think he will be doing a lot of that, which makes him a, a very difficult uh, guy to appraise, really, because that, that's not that common uh, in the NFL at the moment. Um, his 30-inch vert, I thought, was a little bit disappointing. Um, I want to see him do a lot more in coverage. The vert's not necessarily linked with that, uh, but those two are connected. So in terms of stats, in 2017, he was thrown out in primary coverage 28 times, allowed 21 completions, 75%. Um, yes, he's a linebacker. That happens quite a lot. You know, that's not scary. Um, but at the moment, he hasn't shown me he can be an NFL-level defender. Certainly not someone in, in the upper echelon of coverage linebackers. You know, Dayon Buchanan, Luke Keekley, the sort of players that, that really are three-down weapons now. Hopefully he can get good, but there's a little bit of worry that he might end up being someone like Darren Lee. Um, who's fast and who's an athlete, but just doesn't have his coverage skills burnished up to an NFL level yet. So I'm glad we were able to bring up a fact, the fact that the Jets made a bad draft pick a couple years ago in Darren Lee, but right. but <laughs> I, I think his coverage questions are fair because the, the athleticism says that he has the traits to do it, but again, th- there's not necessarily that much on film that says he's going to do it. I thought one thing he did a lot was um, in coverage situations, he had a lot of false steps. Um, yeah. You know, he, he he would come to the line of scrimmage. He would, you know, if he was his job was to cover the flats, uh, he, he wouldn't take good angles. The false steps could lead to easier completions. And I, I think there's a lot of just kind of mental processing that needs to improve with him that comes with only playing so many reps. I think he played less than 1,200 reps his entire college career, which is pretty rare for a five-star guy. But then you add in the fact that he's at Alabama, it changes things a little bit. And then, you know, half of them were this past year. He's played middle linebacker. He's played uh, weak inside linebacker. He's rushed the passer. He's he's done a little bit of everything, and like you mentioned, it, it it's taken away from his uh, development in some of the most important areas. But I, I think that he can get there, and I think he's going to ultimately go late round one, uh, early round two because of that potential. You know, you mentioned some comparisons earlier. When you watch his game, is there anyone he reminds you of somewhat? Yeah, a couple of players I wanted to talk about, really. Um, we mentioned a couple of them before. We mentioned Dante Hightower. I think there's a little bit that. We think of Dante Hightower as being this kind of big, bulky, six foot four, two forty five pound guy. And he is that, but he's but he's quick as well. He's an athlete and he can move in space. It's just not naturally his game. Uh, we talked about Darren Lee, the athlete that doesn't quite have the understanding. And I think that's an issue with Rashawn Evans as well. Um, we can't get in a room with him and talk to him, but he, you're right. You mentioned his instincts. He looks like he's lacking a little bit. And every report that I've ever read coming out of Alabama says Sean Dion Hamilton the brains and Rashawn Evans kind of goes where he's told. Um, I think there's a little bit of Ryan Shazir to him. So Ryan Shazir was a fantastic player in 2017. Absolutely loved watching him before he got hurt. It was a real shame. But it took him a long time to get there. So full steps, he made a lot of mistakes. He had a lot of missed tackles. He made a lot of bad reads. That kind of, um, he, he only bailed himself out of all those problems due to his uh, speed. And lastly, I would probably point to Anthony Barr and say one of those linebackers who started out as, as a much better pass rusher than he was at playing a three-down role and kind of polished himself up a little bit. But even so, um, he's, he's a little bit not quite as three-dimensional as I'd like a linebacker to be. I think those are all good points, though. The one guy I'm going to throw in there as well from last year, I think he's a better prospect than him, but Zach Cunningham out of uh, Vanderbilt last year. Now, Cunningham was one of the, the most productive players in the draft, so he's not similar in that way. But, you know, Cunningham was a really good athlete that got to a lot of places and then couldn't necessarily finish plays. I think sometimes Evans has that same aspect of his game where he's in position, but he'll, he'll then overrun it. He can struggle to break down. And then plays you would think are 
that he's you're gonna get out of him because of the athleticism aren't always there. So just to add a slight dimension to the three, four guys you compared him with, because you know I, I think like you you mentioned before that he's kind of a unique guy. He's tough to just nail one guy down. So you pull on different traits from different players, and I think that helps a little bit. Um, one thing I always talk about is you know the assumption of rational coaching. Where these guys go has a huge impact on them. I mean, is he gonna be thrown into a three down role right away? Is he gonna be allowed to develop? Um, kind of what are the teams gonna ask him to do? So if, if you could put him on a play uh, team that would help him the most, where would you like to see him go? And you can also throw in some IDP situations where you think abs- like he could absolutely crush it in that situation as well. Yeah, there's, there's a few places. And let's get away from realistic uh, a little bit. I mean, I re- agree with you. He's likely to go that kind of late round one. So if, if he does go around there somewhere, I could see Pittsburgh taking him. Um, if Shazir is not recovering him, um, they, they need somebody else there. I don't think John Bostick is really the answer in the middle next to Vince Williams. I could see New England taking him. Uh, Dante Hodge has a lot of money. Carl Van Noy is perhaps not the player they really want in the middle. Uh, they could do that. I could see him going to Tennessee. Uh, maybe more of a second round sort of value, but Wes Woodyard's not getting any older. Um, Avery Williamson's left. Um, Jaylon Brown is very much coverage only linebacker. He can't play three downs, really. So I could see him doing that. The place I'd really like him to go, and I'm not sure how realistic it is, is Buffalo. I would love to see him there because um, I think, that, you know, in Buffalo, due to the weather, teams run a lot. That just happens up there. I think he would be able to, to flourish as a pass rusher, play that mean physical style up there in keeping with the rest of the team, um, hopefully play behind that four-man line, which I think would suit him much more than a, a predominantly three-man uh, line. And then he would be really, really productive. So that would be my number one spot. I like that call a lot. You know, and then plus that that Carolina Panthers system that's come over with uh, McDermott yeah. has really, really focused on linebackers and uh, their development and what they can do for a defense. So I'm going to piggyback off that and give a similar ideal landing spot with the New York Giants. Now, this would kind of be closer to his floor because he's, he's not going second overall. Let's, let's make that very clear. So this, this is a second-round pick with the New York Giants. <laughs> they have not had a linebacker since Pierce. And I know they just yeah, traded for Alec fun. Ogletree, and he he's not necessarily a, a a great player, but he I feel like he's an intelligent player. Um, and you know you could put him on the opposite side of Ogletree, and while he's not playing in a four man uh, behind a four man line, uh, Dame, Damon Harrison probably is the best nose tackle in the league in terms of eating up space and oh, keeping sure. him, keeping him clean. And then you get the Dave Gettleman focus on linebackers. Um, so I, I think that, you know, he, they ask their linebackers to do a lot. They could really take advantage of his athleticism. He could kind of be the second guy mentally, like similar to Alabama where it's, okay, just do this. You know, I'm not, I don't need you to make all the calls, all that stuff. Um, playing behind a good uh, nose tackle in Harrison and allows him to kind of really play in space and take advantage of his athleticism. It'd be really fun to see. And from an inside blitzing point of view, lining up with Rayshon Evans and um, Alec Ogletree, Who's going to come? Who's going to come at me through the A gap? That is, I mean, Rex Ryan is listening at home somewhere going, oh, I'm so excited. I want to get back in the game just for that. He would be right up his alley. Um, one other fit as well, and I can't see this happening. I don't think that it will shake out with the, with the amount of picks they've traded away. I would love to see him go to the Rams. So talking about Alec Ogletree, um, lining up next to Mark Barron would be a brilliant spot. Mark Barron is really smart. He understands coverage. He's a, he's a much more see things unfold in front of you player um, with him telling Evans where to go and, and bring them on a little bit. And the tutelage of Wade Phillips, I think that would be really nice. I don't think it will happen, but I'd love to see it. Yeah, I mean, and talk about more pressure up the middle with Aaron Donald and Nama Sue Evans. Uh, it would just, <laughs> it would, it would, that would get insane. Um, 
But like, yeah, like yeah, you said, he would have to it. really fall for that to happen. But from just from a football standpoint, I'm with you. That that would be a fun fit. Um, Tom, I just want to thank you for joining us, man. I'm a huge fan of your work, like I talked about at the beginning. Uh, you know, whenever I have IDP questions, you're the guy I go to. So kind of, why don't you tell the people what you're working on and where they can find you? Uh, thank you very much. Well, I'm just uh, grateful to be invited on. Um, it's a great show, so uh, brilliant to be involved with this. I'm plugging away on stuff. So I am over at DLF, um, kind of getting everything ready for the draft. So obviously putting out lots of mock draft, lots of rookie uh, stuff, but really getting ready for projections as well. So everything's lined up. So as soon as we see where those linebackers come, uh, then we'll have a really good idea of working out um, what people are going to put up in terms of individual stats and who's going to be shining stars and who's going to come out of nowhere. I say come out of nowhere. Obviously, um, that's what people don't necessarily pay that much attention to defensive football say if you know what's going on then hopefully you can see it happening so um the off season is a great uh time for us football degenerates um can't wait to get a bit more involved and start going through some of the numbers when we see who's on what team absolutely guys i'm telling you he's a must follow he's one of my favorite people to talk idp with and defensive players in general and as you heard today just great football mind i just want to thank tom kisslingbury to come for coming on uh, you can follow him on twitter at tom degenerate i'm your host of the draft daily podcast elliot chris you can follow me on twitter at elliot chris you can find the podcast on itunes google play stitcher and podbean as always, guys, we really appreciate listening. Thank you.